How are we, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Big D Podcast on Spunky Spectrum Sports. I am Alex. Before we start, do not forget, please like and subscribe to these uh, to all uh, to the Spunky Spectrum Sports channel on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like every video. Make sure you follow along with every video. Get that subscription in because Dylan's got some great content. Uh, multiple times a week he's got some great um people joining the show some people might be a nice little surprise and uh people like me who come in once a week or so so uh definitely check out the channel uh we're also streaming on spotify and apple music so uh if you prefer to listen as opposed to watch you can definitely check us out there but uh we've got a nice little midweek episode uh typically i'm here on mondays but uh we decided to pull up another uh special for thursday so uh before we get too far in dylan welcome to your show Thank you, Alex. And also, please check out, please, if you're, please check out yours truly on uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. So, uh, you know what Tuesday is in the National Football League world, Alex? I do, I do. Tuesday, we've got the NFL trade deadline. Ooh, at 4 p.m. Eastern. You know what that means? Someone's going to be on the move. I'm not sure who yet, but we know someone's going to be moving. Unlike the NHL, NBA, or MLB trade deadlines, which garner a ton of attention, not just you, but north of the board, if you're a hockey fan, the NFL trade deadline seems to be a little quiet from time to time, but I think business is going to be picking up between now and Tuesday. Yeah, you know, in the NFL with I mean, contracts are so complicated in the NFL. There's not as much guaranteed money as there is in like the major league, major league baseball or, or NBA and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely hard to move a little harder to move players as far as a player for player trade or stuff like that. That's why you see so many draft pick trades in the NFL. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some names, there's definitely some names this uh, coming up in this week that have been uh, rumored around. I mean, some names hotter than others, but I definitely think there's gonna, there's going to be a little bit of traction. I'm not so sure. It's not going to be like the superstars you see kind of being on the move, uh, like in the NBA and MLB. But I don't. I mean, there might be one or two. You never know. I mean, there've been there've already been a couple interesting trades. I mean, the Arizona Corners got Zach Hurts and the Eagles. The Panthers got C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. The Saints uh, just picked up Mark Ingram, which was a big get for them, I think. I know he's happy to be reunited with uh, New Orleans and Latavius Murray because they were big buddies back when they played together. And we know Brandon Cooks is really enjoying that move. Not. I'm not. <laughs> because the Texans are getting rid of everybody again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fortunately, Miami plays them in two weeks after we've got to get through the train that is the Buffalo Bills. But uh, hopefully they get rid of everyone by then. So I don't think Buffalo's getting rid of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be an uphill battle for Miami on Sunday. But hopefully they can turn it around with Houston the next week. But... I think the uh, speaking of Houston, I think the number one question in the Tuesday is, will Deshaun Watson be a Miami Dolphin? Right. You know, that's definitely been the talk of the NFL since as long as I can remember. I mean, it seems like this rumor has been going around practically since we drafted to it, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, it's it's the Houston Chronicle or something like that reported that that there's a tentative agreement with Miami. 
I mean, I, I hear you say this all the time and, and it's a sent- sentiment I like to echo to a lot of my friends too. Unless I hear it from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, I'm really not to, uh, it's all rumors at this point. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is, I mean, he's been rumored to move to Miami. Um, I know Denver's kind of been in and out of talks. Carolina's been in and out of talks. Philadelphia's been in and out of talks. But Miami's definitely been the one team that uh, his name has been stuck to and it's it's like a piece of gum that you step on on the side of the side of the road i mean we did miami just cannot get rid of these deshaun watson rumors and that's mostly because stephen ross and chris greer will not will not uh dispose of the rumors i mean it'd be very easy for them to say we're not interested in deshaun watson two is our quarterback this trade is not going to happen but they haven't said that which is where all the which is where all the rumors are are building up and firing up and everything yeah, and then you've got what? How many sexual assault allegations of complaints, police reports, and uh, it just creates one mess because the Dol- because I think the Dolphins want to make this move, but they sort of can't because they don't know whether Watson would be on the exempt list, suspended, or potentially face loop legal trouble down the road because the Dolphins don't want to give up three first-round picks if Watson's suspended. Right. I mean, it's definitely – it's a weird spot Miami's in. It's a situation that I just don't understand. I mean, considering that Deshaun Watson has 22 sexual assault allegations lingering over his head, we're not sure what the result of that is going to be. No one knows what the result of that's going to be. Why Miami would be so keen to push a trade through at the at this trade deadline instead of just letting it go till the end of the till the end of the season till offseason, give Tua the rest. I mean, Tua's played a season, not even a full season, a season and a half, maybe. I mean, he he I it it blows my mind why Miami would even be considering making a trade at this point of the season. Give Tua the rest of the season. It's pretty much a wash season anyway. Just get, just let him play out the year, see what he's got, see what he can do in some of these games, and then assess at the end of the year. And I, I still think at the end of this year, it'd still be too soon to give up on Tua. I mean, Miami Dolphins have so many problems. Tua is not one of them. A quarterback, he, Tua, will be, Tua has looked good, and he will be greatly improved with improvements with the rest of the team. I just don't understand why you would bring in Deshaun Watson now with the season already lost. You're sitting at one and six with, with a, um, a division rival who is not getting touched for, to win the division. I mean, wild, it, it, it would be miraculous to get a wild card at this point. I mean, we're not even thinking playoffs anymore. Why trade for Deshaun Watson now when you could give two of the rest of the season to show, to show what he's got? and be able to reassess him in the offseason. I mean, it doesn't really seem like anyone else wants to touch Watson. It just it doesn't make any sense to me why Miami would make this deal right now. And, I mean, if you look at it, Tua's played fine the last couple of weeks. I mean, interception here and there, but everybody throws interceptions. I think Tua's played two of his best games. And also, is would Miami be bidding, bidding against itself? Because you remember the Josh Rosen deal where yep. literally Miami was the only team that won wanted him and we all know how that went i was just about to bring that up i mean it seems like the josh it's the josh rosen josh rosen situation all over again and that was that i mean obviously them bidding against themselves giving up a second rounder for a quarterback that never really 
was going to, I mean, I guess I, I, I understand that the, the chance of, uh, or the chance you want to take on taking a chance on a high rated top 10, uh, top or first round quarterback. I mean, obviously Miami, the Miami's had quarterback issues and, and they're going to try and do everything to, to do that. But Josh Rosen wasn't the guy giving up a second round pick was not the move. And obviously it didn't pan out, especially considering the fact they were bidding with themselves. So, yeah. I mean, it just def- it definitely seems like deja vu all over again. It's like Groundhog Day as far as these, I mean, giving up three first-round picks for a guy who might be in jail next year. I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, that wouldn't, yeah, that wouldn't go well in Miami. Although it might create another Miami Vice episode. Right, honestly. I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me, and this will be the last thing I say on it, but the only thing that I can understand about why this Deshaun Watson move would happen is the sole purpose of Chris Greer trying to save his job. He's trying to do any last-ditch effort because his draft picks have been hit or miss. He's had a couple hits and a lot of misses. Um, Obviously, the coaching staff, you know, you got to put a little bit of that on Brian Flores, but the general manager still has a say in all of that. I think Chris Greer, he's thinking the only way I can possibly – uh, save my save my job as the GM of the Miami Dolphins is to take a chance on Deshaun Watson and it hit. And jury's out on if that'll happen. Literally, the jury is out on Deshaun Watson, and we'll see what happens. But in my opinion, I think the Dolphins would be stupid to trade for him by Tuesday. Yeah, so what other players could be available before Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline? I definitely think an interesting name to keep your eye on is uh, Brandon Cooks. I think a lot of trade rumors have been s- circling around him. Uh, I know the Packers would be a possible destination for him. They might uh, need him. They might need him tonight. Yeah, they they definitely need him tonight. I'm hammering any Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, or Randall Cobb uh, uh, overs uh, on tonight for that game. But hey, um, hey. Hey, but you're picking the wrong over. How about some Amari Rogers props? Maybe. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball. I think that I think, especially with his top three receivers out, he's going to spread the ball. I think everyone's going to see a little bit of love tonight. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brandon Cooks would be a guy that Aaron Rodgers would love to be able to throw the ball to tonight. The other team that I'd be, I, I would honestly have uh, not be surprised if they took a shot at. Uh, at Brandon Cooks would be New England. I mean, he's he's played with them before. He's been on their team before. There was, I mean, obviously they've got some they've got some receiver talent over there, but it's not great. I mean, give Mac Jones a deep threat, and uh, it might. I think that could pay off for New England. Plus, I mean, uh, Jacoby Myers is allergic to the end zone, so it's. Uh, I, I've got him in a couple <laughs> fantasy leagues, and he's been sitting the bench every week because he'll get the targets, he'll get a couple yards, or he'll get some decent yards, but hasn't found the, the end zone once in his career yet. So I think having a deep threat option for Mac Jones in New England, you, you've got the familiarity with Belichick. And um, I, I think either Green Bay or New England are definitely going to be one of the two teams that uh, primarily are, are in the uh, Brandon Cook sweepstakes. I'm glad you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned New England because Jacoby Myers has been like the king of targets, but no touchdowns. Like, come on. The only time he found the end zone was a two-point conversion. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something because he, he, he's got talent. I mean, I think a lot of New England fans are, are happy with what he what he's able to produce. It's just getting either getting Mac Jones eye in the red zone or, or being able to make a get a little bit extra separation from your corner to be able to get that couple steps to beat your guy to the end zone. I mean, I haven't watched too many Patriots games this year, but 
it just seems like uh, with a guy that with that much talent, he's uh, he's due for a touchdown eventually. And I keep trying to throw him into a DraftKings lineup every once in a while, thinking, oh, he's got to get one now, but it hasn't come yet. I'm I'm starting to wonder if it ever will. It might this week against the Chargers? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned one pass catcher. I've got another one in mind. Evan Ingram of yeah. the New York Football Giants. All right. What uh, what are some destinations you see he could uh, fall to? Well, if you look at the teams that potentially need a tight end, I mean, Arizona got one with Zach Ertz, but I think there are a couple areas. I'm probably not Tennessee, even though it seems like they're getting every pass catcher known to mankind right now. But uh, right. I mean, I just think Evan England makes so many just needs to change the scenery because the Giants are just allergic to injuries right now. Everybody is hurt on the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, just get him out of New York. Just get him out of New York. <laughs> I mean, just get him out of New York and let him play with – I mean, heck, he might even make sense with Buffalo now because Dawson Knox is out a few weeks. Yeah. You're right. That's not a bad. That's not a bad spot at all. I mean, I mean, some of these teams. I I think Ingram would make sense because he. I don't think he's a. I don't think the Giants have used him properly. I think he's more a pass catcher. He's got so much talent. I mean, we've been waiting to see Ingram blossom into a star, and he's just. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, that Giants offense, obviously that offense runs through Saquon when when he's on the field. When he's not, I mean, it seems like the problem with them is, I mean, you would, and and this even feeds to your point because the the Giants receiver core have, have been completely brutalized with injuries the entire season. And you would think that Evan Ingram would be a consistent name that, that uh, Daniel Jones could be getting the ball to with all, with this carousel of receivers coming in and out, obviously Kadarius Tony's come in he gets hurt. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, all of these Giants receivers, uh, Kenny Galladay. I mean, all of these Giants receivers seem to be just rotating in and out of the blue tent, it seems like. You would think Evan Ingram would would have the opportunity there, and it really hasn't been paying off. So I could definitely see him being – there must just be a disconnect there between either Daniel Jones or the offense coordinators in Evan Ingram, and uh, it might be best for a change of scenery. So I definitely agree that he could be a name on the move. And uh, another one, and I know fantasy and bear owners are probably fed up with Alan Robinson's production or maybe more so lack of production, but somebody give that guy a quarterback. I mean, come on. What are you doing, Matt Nagy? You're already wasting Mitchell Zabisky, and now you're screwing Justin Fields before he's even got in his feet. What, what is happening with the Bears' offense? I mean, I mean, Derrick Henry looked better throwing the ball than the Bears did last week. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty brutal. I mean, it seems like who would have thought it, it almost seems like Allen Robinson was having more success with Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball in Chicago. And that's I mean, if that's what, she, what was that? That's saying something. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's there's something going on in Chicago. I mean, Khalil Herbert is probably their best fantasy option right now. I mean, it, I, I don't I didn't know, even know who Khalil Herbert was maybe three, four weeks ago. 
So just that alone, that whole Bears team, I mean, obviously um, they've got um, uh, some injuries on the, on, the, on, the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, if you don't have an effective defense, it makes, makes playing offense harder. But um, they've got it. They've got to find. I, I guess moving on from Allen Robinson is you would. I mean, I would think you've got a weak offense. You've got a great, talented wide receiver. You would think that using him, uh, just like we're talking about with Evan Ingram, you think that the opportunity is there. They just the quarterbacks can't get him the ball. So whether it's moving on from him and trying to get some value for him uh, before you run all of his value into the ground, I mean, it's uh, something's got to happen with that Chicago offense because it doesn't seem like. Uh, there's going to be any success coming uh, to them anytime soon. Maybe, maybe, maybe getting an off competent offensive line would help. Yeah. Robinson. Trust me. I know all, all about having uh, an incompetent offensive line, how much that can hurt your offense. So trust me, I I'm with you there bears fans. It's, it's, it's a rough life, <laughs> but uh, let me see what, how about some teams that you think should add first and then sell? Well, let's first talk about the bias. I think there should be one, a couple of bias. One, Tennessee. You already made a big move in the offseason getting Julio Jones. You got Ryan Tannehill in the prime for Uh Would anybody say Derrick Henry is the best running back in football right now? If anyone doesn't say Derrick Henry is the best running back in football, that's that's the bigger question because I think it's pretty unanimous at this point. Yeah. You've got A.J. Brown, who's over his uh, whatever illness it was, mm. eating, eating, eating not just food, but footballs and touchdowns. Julio, yeah, Julio's at the backside of his group, but he's still a Hall of Fame wide receiver. For sure. If the tight and the Titans secondary has been a big problem the last couple of years. I'm thinking if I'm Tennessee, if I'm Mike Vogelbaum company, there's one guy I'm looking to get before the trade deadline, and it's a guy you know very well, Xavier Howard. I know Xavier Howard's not been himself this year, but you put Z- but Miami, but Tennessee and Miami basically all like the same, run very similar schemes. You've got a Patriot-run Patriot scheme in Nashville, a Patriot-run scheme in Miami. So there wouldn't be much adjustment. Plus, Xavier Howard would get that extra adrenaline being back in a playoff hunt with a more competent offense. Yeah. You know, uh, when we were talking about names, Xavier Howard is one that popped in my head. I was thinking about saying it, but... Uh... I honestly, I mean, sitting here from a Miami Dolphins fan perspective, obviously I was all in for Xavier Howard to re-sign. I thought it was going to be because at the point, at the time, I'm thinking, all right, we've got a playoff caliber team. We need our stars. This is not the time to get rid of, to get rid of your stars. At this point, with the defense as disappointing as it is, it might be worth it considering we don't have, Miami doesn't have their own first, uh, first round pick this year. You're hoping that, San Francisco loses more than they win to be able to get a decent pick from them. But at this point, if you can get a one, a two, I mean, if you can get a high, high draft pick for uh, Xavier Howard, you just gave him a contract extension. So you don't have, you don't have to worry about paying him that money. If you can get a high draft pick, it might be worth it to send him to a team like Tennessee. The biggest reason why I, 
as the Miami as the Miami Dolphins, the number one reason why I would trade Xavier Howard. There's one reason, one reason only, to be to give the money that Xavier Howard just got from Miami and give it to Mike Gesicki because I think Mike Gesicki is the best player in the Miami Dolphins team. I think he's the most important player to that Miami Dolphins offense, and I think that they need to pay him no matter what. He's a young stud. I mean, he's a Gronk-like tight end. Everyone knows it. You know, obviously he's had some up and down weeks, but that's just because of the incompetency of the offense. I mean, Mike Gusecki is a stud and Miami should do whatever it takes to pay him. And a lot of people were worried when uh, we resigned, when we gave Xavier Howard that contract bump, that it might mean Gusecki goes out the door. And if it's up to me, I'm taking Gusecki over Xavier Howard any day of the week. Mark my word. I think Mike Gusecki will win some people their fantasy leagues this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he started slow, but so did the Dolphins. I mean, it's obviously he had a zero catch week one, and I'm sure Gesicki owners were pulling their hair out after that. But he's he's come back and he's had some big games. Two is loves him in the red zone. He threw a perfect pass to him again uh, last week. It, it, I mean, Gesicki is the guy in the Miami Dolphins offense, other than Waddle, obviously. But, you know, they're two different kinds of players. But with Devontae Parker, just seemingly unable to get healthy i mean he's the big target that tua looks for in the red zone and uh on those deep seam plays so uh definitely gasecki is a key is key to the miami dolphins future i believe i hope uh, i hope the front office staff sees that and uh i would like 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 i said earlier i mean if it's between xavier howard and mike gasecki get his best get his best values you can get for xavier howard from a team like uh, tennessee or even maybe minnesota could be in the running for him i've seen a couple links to minnesota uh for um Xavier Howard, but if you can get some high value for him now, it's de- I, I think it's definitely worth it to get that money back on back on the uh, on the payroll and give it like a sickie in the offseason. Um, any other teams that you think should add first uh, rather than sell or uh, Green Bay? Can you please get a wide receiver in the next four and a half hours? Right. Yeah, I mean honestly, it's it's. What their top three receivers are out, right? I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, obviously, uh, when you've got a player like Devontae Adams, it's it's never someone you want to have to go into a go into a Thursday, Sunday, or Monday without. But um, unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, not only does he not uh, not have um, Devontae Adams, um, Lazard was a close. It was deemed a close contact. He tested negative, but I don't think he's vaccinated. So uh, he's deemed out, and then Valdez Scantling, they've been trying to get off of IR, and I guess it sounds like he's not quite ready to come back yet. So Green Bay, yeah, if you, I mean, maybe Brandon Cooks can take a quick flight or something like that, but uh, it's I think it's going to be a lot of Robert Tanyan, Randall Cobb, and, uh, and you said um, Amari Rogers, plus obviously Aaron Jones tonight. But one other name I really just want to throw out quickly at um, – I think there's been a lot of trade talks. The team themselves have said that they've been open to trading him, but I think it'd be an interesting, uh, interesting to see where he goes is Marlon Mack for the Colts. There's a lot of teams that could use some running back help right now. And uh, I think Marlon Mack it's there's, there's so much competition in that, in that Indianapolis backfield. He seems like he's got some good talent there, but between behind Jonathan Taylor, obviously you have Naheem Hines as the pass catching back. It just seems like he's not really needed in that offense. I'd love to see him to go, go to possibly Kansas city. Uh, obviously, I mean, Daryl Williams is doing a pretty good job in Clyde Edward Hilaire's uh, absence or even a team like Washington because Antonio Gibson, I mean, he was, I mean, everyone, everyone I saw and, and me part- in particular, I mean, I'm, I'll take the L on this one. I thought Antonio Gibson was going to be a top seven fantasy back this year. 
obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick going down early. I, I had, I held a big, um, uh, a big part of that success going because of, I was confident Ryan Fitzpatrick in that offense, but um, you know, Antonio Gibson has been one of the biggest busts this season for fantasy and, and uh, whether he's got that shin injury, they're saying he's, he's kind of here to play, but I mean, one little setback and it might be the JD McKissick show over there. And if they could bring in someone like Marlon Mack, it might, it might help them sure up that running back room. So just, just a, a, an extra little player who I know has been talking, the Colts have been talking about looking for trade trade options for him. And uh, just a couple teams I think might be looking at him. Maybe throwing the Ravens. I mean, with how many, with that miracle round in the Ravens backfield. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens seem like they'll take any running back off the street at this point. Any veteran who's been in the league for a couple of years, they're uh, they're ready to take a chance on him. I've also seen the Chargers linked to Marlon Mack. I'm not. What? what? Wait a yeah, minute. I, Wait a minute. Don't they have Austin? Yeah. I saw an article. I think CBS Sports said that that the Chargers would be the most likely place for Marlon Mack to go. I had the same reaction. I, I'm just bringing it up because I saw the article about it. But I really don't see. I mean, obviously. Austin Eckler is the guy and with the chargers behind them, they've got Justin Jackson. They've got, I don't even know if they still have uh, Kalen Balaj anymore, but um, you know, I don't think running back is the issue uh, for them. And I'm not quite sure why Marlon Mack would, why CBS would think that Marlon Mack might be a, a guy there, but um, you know, just a couple, just a couple teams, a couple uh, for, that I think Marlon Mack, because just because, you know, Indy says that he could be on the move a couple places he might end up. And uh, one or two sellers who could make who could shell out a few players before Tuesday deadline. Hmm, a couple teams that might be selling. I mean, it seems like Houston's selling the house, so I wouldn't be surprised if they sell a couple more pieces. I mean, their their Bill O'Brien has practically mortgaged away all of their future draft picks it seems like and it doesn't seem like that'll stop anytime soon so uh try maybe get getting rid of a couple pieces i can't really think i'm i mean they already did just get rid of mark ingram give that send him over to uh the saints uh brandon cooks obviously is uh someone who seems to be a, a high potential guy to be on the move uh someone else i mean honestly if Kansas City had, if Kansas City's got a couple guys that they might not be fully sold on, they've got to make some changes because that Kansas City team is completely disappointing uh, compared to where compared to their expectations at the beginning of the year. So if they had a couple guys that they weren't too uh, strong in that they think they might be able to get some value for, or even a player to player swap that to help them in a position that, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I could see Kansas City maybe trying to to fix a couple things before the second half stretch of the season. I can't believe I'm saying I can't believe I'm saying this because with a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame general manager, and Hall of Fame quarterback, this team is usually contending for Super Bowls. But I think we're seeing the end of the era for Pete Carroll, John Shiner, and Russell Wilson. I think it's time. Yeah. I think it's time. Russell Wilson carried this franchise for way too long. Yeah. Way too long. But I think we're seeing what the Seattle Seahawks have. They cannot draft. They cannot draft. They have hit whiffed on way too many draft picks, whiffed on way too many free agents. I mean, Seattle's two best draft picks the last four or five years have been DK Metcalf 
and Michael Jackson. One of them's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. The other one can double pump. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, the Seahawks, the Seahawks should think about making moves. I'm not saying trade Russell Wilson now. You, you're not going to make a Russell Wilson trade now. But trade L.J. Collins. Potentially trade up the guys. First off, I would never have made the Jamal Adams move. Yeah. Because you gave away two ones, a three, and a player for a box safety. Yeah. I'm just saying, Seahawks need draft picks. It seems like everyone talks about the Rams not having a first-round pick since, what, Jared Goff in 2015, I think it was. When was the last time Seattle actually got a competent first-round pick? Yeah, and the difference there is is the Rams have been winning. I mean, obviously, the Seahawks not having Russell Wilson has hurt their hurt their case, but, I mean, the – the Rams, I mean, Sean McVay's a genius. We all know this. And uh, I'm sure that he's in the ear of the GM and they're working together. And uh, I mean, yeah, they haven't had a first round pick in, in a, a decade, it feels like. But, um, you know, they found they found a strategy that that leads them to success. They were in a Super Bowl just a couple years back. I mean, obviously, it didn't go the way they wanted it to. But uh, they've got a strong case of making the Super Bowl this, this year again. I mean, they're definitely one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. So, I mean, that's the difference between a team trading, uh, trading draft picks for assets and actually using them now for current success as opposed to trading, trading assets for draft picks, uh, flipping that, trading assets for draft picks and um, not really. How about, being dra- How about the Matthew Stafford or Jamal Adams trade? I'm just saying Matthew Stafford might win the MVP and Jamal Adams is Jamal Adams. You know, I, I think that was one of the most beautiful NFL trades I've seen in a very long time because not, I, not, not for Jared Goff, though. Right. Jared Goff was obviously the uh, the, the worst recipient of that. But I, I mean, as far as even from Detroit's perspective, not 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 necessarily Jared Goff, but from Detroit's perspective, I mean, to be in the cellar of the NFL for that long, obviously, Matthew Stafford was a great quarterback, but he wasn't getting you anywhere. I mean, I believe they got because uh, uh, they they also received a high draft pick uh, in return two, for that, right? Two, two ones and a three. Right. So, I mean, with Matt Stafford, yes, he's a great quarterback. You're getting Jared Goff, not to the, not, he's not to the quality of Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is clearly a better quarterback than Jared Goff, but you needed a change in Detroit. I mean, things have to change. Obviously they had a head coaching change. Obviously. I mean, you switch, you do the quarterback swap, but you also get some high draft pick assets uh, in return for it. I definitely think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily a, a, a now win for Detroit, but I think it's got a, a potential for a future for a future win uh, down the line for Detroit. And obviously the Rams, I mean, they came out, they came out beautifully out of that trade. So it really, I mean, I, I think that, like I said, I think that was one of the most beautiful NFL trades I've ever seen just because of, I mean, obviously Detroit, Detroit wasn't a, a trade away from being a contender. I mean, they haven't been a contender practically their entire franchise and uh, one trade isn't going to do that. But I think that that trade was necessary because Matthew, they needed to move on from Matthew Stafford and be able to get a, a competent quarterback who's bit, who has NFL experience plus some high, uh, high value draft picks. I mean, it's just, I think it ended up being a win-win for everyone. It wasn't going to fix the Detroit lions like it fixed uh, or like it improved the LA Rams, but I think it's a step, it's a step towards the progress. And, and I think Detroit's got a good future. I mean, I think, Obviously, there's nowhere else to go but up for, at this point. But 
I love I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think that they've got some pieces there that they can work around. DeAndre Swift is a solid running back. They need some receivers. They've got solid a solid running back. Solid. I don't think they're five better than DeAndre Swift right. right now. Exactly. So I mean, you've got you've got a top three to five tight end in Hawkinson. I mean, you've got some pieces there to set you up for the future. It's just just a matter of, of taking that next step and either either sticking with golf or going with a different quarterback route, maybe a young guy, but just getting some receivers, getting some help, and uh, really just solidifying that team to uh, give them finally an opportunity to be a contender. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do, not just here, but going forward, because, I mean, golf's got a lot of money on that contract. And I mean, too, 2022 is not shaping up as a great QB draft, but you know, depending on the lines of going to have a top four or five picks, so they could get a quarterback, or maybe they wait for one of the kids in 2023, whether it be a Bryce Young from Alabama, CJ Stroud from the Ohio State. Now, that's going to be one to see. Yeah. And even in, even, I mean, like you said, Jared Goffson contract through 2022, if you do go a rookie court, if you do wait till 2023 to grab that rookie quarterback, just give Jared Goff a one-year extension. Let the rookie learn under Goff. I mean, he's a veteran of the NFL. If anything, he can at least try and uh, teach him and help him a little bit. I mean, he might, you might give Jared Goff that last year just to kind of control the offense and teach that young rookie, but it's, it's never a bad idea to bring in a rookie with a, with a veteran NFL quarterback to learn from. So. Well, that was a fun uh, trade deadline conversation. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on Alex. And uh, we'll be back at it on uh, Monday for regular football discussion. Uh, Alex's Dolphins are in Orchard Park to take on the Bills and my Jags on the great Northwest facing the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, always a pleasure, Dylan. Nice to be here on a Thursday. You know, it's a little bit of a change of scenery, but I'm happy we did it. I think this was uh, this went well. So I will see you on Monday, and uh, fins up.